This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You win? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wayne Rooney still looking for his first win as Birmingham City manager and it's a pretty tough test that's coming up as uh, Sunderland take on Birmingham at the Stadium of Light and today I'm joined by Paddy from Roker Report. How are you doing Paddy? Hi mate, yeah all good, not too bad, just uh, yeah looking forward to um, another another interesting championship game which I'm sure it will be. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it'll be back and forth and um, Sunderland at the moment, eighth in the championship, uh, Tony Mowbray's manager having had a playoff campaign last season coming up from League One. How would you assess the season so far? It's been, I think, probably describing it as a mixed bag uh, is probably a fair assessment. Um, so far this season, we've had a four-game winning streak and then followed up quite soon after by a three-game losing streak. Um, so, yeah, I think that that probably best sums up the way the season's been going. Um, overall, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. Um, I mean, in that three-game losing streak, one of those defeats was 1-0 to Leicester in a game where, you know, we actually played some really good football. And at full-time, it was a case of, it's actually a bit frustrating that we haven't got anything out of that. Um, so that was, you know, that was kind of one of these win, uh, defeats where you see it as a positive, really. Um, so, so, yeah, it's been up and down. Um, I think we're, we're gradually starting to kind of find out our best team and the best way to play. So... Hopefully that won't take too much longer to really sort of gel in and fix together, really. Because mm, it's ruthless in the championship, isn't it? You sort of have a few off games and you just see your team like <laughs> slide down the table. And it's one of the things where Sunderland perhaps didn't have the best of starts, but then really sort of found that form. You said, you know, having them wins in a row and then all of a sudden you could be sort of back down the league again. So, um, yeah, where do you sort of assess like where you are at the moment, I guess? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the league is ruthless. Um, I think where we are at the minute you know we're obviously on the fringes of the playoffs um that's probably about where we deserve to be i think the the form's kind of evened out um i think you know there was there was some you know before the season started maybe some optimism that we could maybe kick on to and kind of worry those automatic places but as the season's gone on you know i mean you look at the teams with the with the budgets and the teams who have come down from the premier league and you know Obviously, Leeds had a bit of a shaky start, so did Southampton, but you know they both seem to have clicked now. And obviously, then you've got Ipswich, who everyone kind of keep on, you know, they keep on saying this enigma, but you've got to give them credit. Like they just 
they're just playing some really good stuff at the minute. And I mean, I, I'm probably a little bit jealous because it's like, oh, you know, we came up from League One the, last year. We came sixth, which was a brilliant finish. Obviously, they, they're doing one better and, you know, they've just been brilliant to watch so far. But yeah, it, it, it seems it's probably fair where we are. Um, I think we've we've been brilliant in some games. A couple of games we've been bang average, probably probably a compliment saying it's bang average so yeah I think you know heading into you know almost another international break I think we're pretty much where we should be really I think yeah yeah and um you speak about sort of the performances throughout the season um a lot of the team from Sunderland's team last season have actually stayed haven't they apart from obviously Ahmad Diallo being like a big miss for Sunderland but um in terms of sort of the transfer strategy going forward who have you sort of signed this summer would you say to sort of look out for for the game on Saturday um, I mean obviously we we signed a few strikers um well we signed four in the in the summer um so looking to see which which one of those gets set up um the last couple of games, um, we've had a it's a Ukrainian striker called uh, Nazari Rusin. Um, he kind of he's not strictly a out and out centre forward. He's more of a well, he he likes to drift out wide, but he, he likes to kind of drift across the front line really. So we've we've certainly played different a different style of football with him on the pitch because you know he's kind of he's that floating sort of not too much target, but like someone to. To give the ball to and then you know have our midfielders kind of come around and and help him out really so I, I mean i think he's he'll be in for his his third start in a row i think because i mean tony mowbray's kind of suggested that his position as, as the striker in the in the starting lineup is kind of his to lose at the minute and um, so yeah i'll probably say he's the the one from the summer um who's you know one to kind of stand out um other than that a lot of the team is kind of the team which got us in the playoffs last year, really. I mean, obviously, got Jack Clark, uh, Patrick Roberts, um, Neil Equa. You know, a lot of our team is pretty much the, the the kind of main 11 we had last season, other than obviously, you know, you mentioned Ahmad Diallo there. He's the big sort of, <laughs> he's, he's the big missing piece sort of thing in the in that starting lineup. But um, yeah, I think in terms of who we signed in the summer, I think Lucin and um, Speaking, obviously, Mowbray had his press conference today. He mentioned um, the 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 fourth striker who we signed in the summer, and he actually he got injured in his first training session, so we've not seen him yet. Um, he's called uh, Elisa Mayenda. He's a Spanish under eighteen striker. Uh, he's been getting lots of praise from Mowbray. It, it sounds like he's going to be at least on the bench on Saturday, so that's going to be quite exciting because you know we've heard a lot of really positive things about him and another chance to see him yet. So. Yeah, I think we'll, unlike when you played us last season, we'll actually have some strikers, uh, which will be be quite a nice change because um, obviously we, you know, we went through so much of last season kind of just playing attacking midfielders and, you know, getting getting good results from that. But um, no, I think it's, it's time we looked at sort of getting the best out of our strikers now, I think. Mm, even without the strikers last season, you managed to do a double over us. So <laughs> God knows what you're going to be like with strikers. Strike, um, <laughs> in terms of yeah, signings that made uh, this summer, one obviously coming from Birmingham being Joe Bellingham, um, sort of looked into a bit of how he's been playing this season, sort of the minutes that he's got. He's actually started every championship game, uh, getting both of his goals against Rotherham in a home victory. So how would you sort of assess the performances of Bellingham so far? Because Birmingham fans are obviously interested to see how he's doing and how he's getting on. Yeah, well, he's he's been brilliant. To be honest, um, 
I did think from the offset, um, I didn't think he'd quite come into the starting lineup as quickly as he did. Um, but obviously, you know, first game of the season, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's in the team shape. You know, he's been really good. Um, I mean, he's he doesn't play like someone who's, you know, 17, 18. He plays with so much more maturity. Um, and, you know, he's just... It gives us a whole different sort of dimension because obviously a lot of our success comes from our wide and obviously particularly Jack Clark this season. Obviously, you know, to a lesser extent, kind of um, Abdullah Barr and Patrick Roberts on the right hand side. But to have someone kind of with with his sort of pace, power, and just generally good football and brain down the middle, it's it's brilliant. You know, I mean, he's um, he, he just he makes things happen. You know, I mean, playing in front of our two centre mids, he just he gets a lot of protection. Um, you know, he doesn't. He has the freedom of not not having to worry too much about always tracking back defensively when, when we have our two starting centre mids fit and available. So, yeah, he's been getting a lot of flexibility in that position. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's been he's been very good. Um, you know, I had pretty high expectations, but you know, I didn't want to kind of you know I don't think we really want to put too much pressure on him. You know, obviously coming and you know I think everyone says like you know. He wants to be more than just Jude Bellingham's brother. Um, and to be fair, he's, he's making a great name for himself. You know, obviously now he goes by Job. Obviously on the back of his shirt, he has Job rather than, than Bellingham. And obviously, yeah, I mean, he's he's making a name for himself with his own name. And he's he's really good to watch. Um, and yeah, I just, it's one of these where I don't really know how long we'll have him um, because I don't think it's going to be very long at all. Um I think just try and try and enjoy him this season, really. Then whatever happens in the summer happens. But yeah, he's he's a brilliant footballer, and and he's he's one who he's improved our team massively. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Because mm, it's, it's one of the things with um, Joe at Birmingham where he was always going to be compared to his brother because of the impact that he made in the Birmingham shirt. And it was always going to be yeah. a thing where he kind of struggled to sort of adapt to not being sort of just, as you said, like Jude Bellingham's brother and being his own person. So the fact he's wearing Joe when he's back and he's playing so well for Sunderland, I think that's a massive positive and uh, good luck to him. And um, two other people that actually followed um, Joe Bellingham, well, they actually arrived to Sunderland before um, Joe Bellingham did, but um, Christian Speakman and Mike Dodds, who are now part of the Sunderland setup with Dodds being academy manager and uh, Speakman working in the board. So what impact have them two had since joining Sunderland? I mean, I don't think it's unfair to say that 
uh, Speakman especially has revolutionised kind of the way we operate like on the pitch as a football club. Um, you know, he's helped us to adopt this this new model of going out and you know scouting some of these brilliant young players from across Europe and further afield, and then just developing them into brilliant footballers. Um, I mean, you know, I think last year the the average starting lineup of some of our match day teams it was like not even 22 and a half years old and it you know this season I mean we've got obviously Bellingham who's you know just turned 18 we've got another exciting academy prospect Chris Rigg who's still 16 you know he's, he's off at the the under 17s World Cup for England um but yeah I mean obviously you know Mike Dodds as well I mean it's it's been they've been a real key part in the last few years of just absolutely just changing the way we operate in terms of transfers and in terms of kind of integrating the the youth sides with um with the starting eleven because the way it kind of works now is that you know we've got that many young players who are first team players that you know they can obviously qualify to play for the under twenty ones during the week so it's like they're always getting minutes. And I mean that we know that we're seeing a lot of success from that. Um, and obviously, what you know, the, the, some of the transfers we've signed. I mean, you know, we'll sign like we'll sign players, and it's just kind of you know nobody's ever heard of them. But like that doesn't mean, necessarily mean they're not going to be any good because you know we, we're kind of it's got the point now where like Spakeman's he's earned a lot of trust and respect from from the, the fan base because obviously you know we went through a time of just spending so much money on it's like players who you'd heard of but were bang average and it was just you know just complete waste of money i mean the, the best example i can give was the kind of panic signing of uh of will grid a few years back where it's like we sold our top scorer and then it got a deadline day and it's like we need a replacement so we went and spent i think it was a couple of million on Chris Rigg, uh, Will Grigg, sorry, <laughs> and I, th- I think he, I think he, he got like five goals in fifty games or something. So I mean, th- those those days are well behind us. Um, and yeah, I mean, what what those two are doing as part of like our new kind of model, as we all love to say, it, it's brilliant. I mean, it it's a it's a steady process. Um, I think we did overachieve last year because. No one really expected us to get playoffs. I mean, I'd have been perfectly comfortable with about 15th or 16th just to kind of get up and stay up. But I mean, you know, the work, what they did to to get us to be a, a solid, you know, very good championship team, it's it's been brilliant. And, and yeah, I'm just hoping that continues uh, long in the future. Because <laughs> mm, I, I don't think at Birmingham that um, Mike Dodds and Christian Speakman were probably allowed to do what they wanted to do because of the old ownership, because they had so much control, almost like a sort of suffocating control on what happened with transfers and youth setup and everything. So the fact they're doing well at Sunderland is brilliant to see as well. And um, touched on the Will Griggs through, I do actually remember watching that on um, Sunderland Until I Die. Yeah. Seeing like, you know, the whole panic in the boardroom about, you know, what we're going to do. We need a striker at deadline day. And I'm sure Birmingham fans can recall many moments where we signed players on deadline day and just absolutely panicked. So it happens to happens to a lot of clubs, but it tends to be that, you know, clubs like Birmingham and Sunderland who have had history in the Premier League sort of drop down to the championship, trying to sort of get back up. And they're just try- trying to splash the cash on whoever to try and get them back up there. But um kind of links on to my next question about... um sort of when Birmingham and Sunderland both used to be in the Premier League, sort of like Premier League days. Um, what are your sort of memories of Birmingham and Sunderland playing each other before? Um, I can remember the the games were usually 
pretty close. Um, I think it, it I, I know we went through a stage of we tend to we'd win at Sunderland and then you'd beat us down at St Andrews. Um, yeah, I remember that being a bit of a back and forth for a while. Um, I remember one of the best memories for me uh, was this was when we had Roy Keane as manager, so going way back. Um, and it was it was a Tuesday night in you know, February, and it, we were both deep in the relegation fight. Um, and it was like you know it was a it was a classic sort of six pointer. And I think we won two 0 But what's always remembered is that a striker scored for Sunderland where he. He scored one, and then he had one ruled out. For, I think it was a foul on the on the keeper, and everyone was like, "Oh, this guy's brilliant!" You know, he's like, he's, he's a hidden gem. And then I think two weeks later, we had Liverpool away, and he got subbed on, and then subbed off about twenty minutes later because he looked like he looked like a competition winner. And I, I always remember that the hype after that Birmingham game when he scored, it's, "Oh, he's going to be brilliant!" Um, and you know, it just didn't didn't work out that way. Um, but no, I mean. Yeah, I, I just remember there always been pretty close games. Um, I remember usually getting a, like lucky to get a point or getting edged out at Birmingham. Uh, I remember, I think in that same season, I think we drew two two and we scored a very late equaliser. And again, that was scored by a striker who I think it was Stern John. Like I think I think he was he was at the club for about six months and then we sold him again when we got promoted. But yeah, there's. Mm. Come to think of it, there's just lots of very random Sunderland players who've kind of had the big moment against Birmingham and then just disappeared. So I guess, I guess that's something when, when I think of um, well, Stern John and Birmingham. Birmingham the himself, so, Stern yeah, John, I mean, yeah, 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 play for both of our teams. <laughs> <laughs> that is a random one, isn't it? it is, yeah. Months, scores against his former club and then does really just nothing much else. <laughs> disappears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, in terms of sort of Saturday, um, what sort of style can we see Sunderland playing in? Because Wayne Rooney speaking about, you know, trying to sort of keep more of the ball with Birmingham, having this sort of no-fear football, which is a bit of a phrase that's been thrown around by Birmingham fans as soon as it's mentioned by the um, directors. And it's kind of been laughed at now because you haven't won a game since Rooney took over. But um, what style of play can we see from Sunderland? Because it's on Sky Sports on Saturday, so I'm sure a lot of people will be watching. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we tend to... we tend to have a lot of the ball. Um I think over the course of the season, I think we've we've averaged about 55, 56% of the ball. Um, but I mean it on Saturday at Swansea, I think we had like 72% and we couldn't score, which was frustrating. But that's another thing, you know, we had 25 shots on goal, but only three on target. So it's like, you know, that was alarm bells. Um but yeah, we tend to get a lot of the ball. Um Obviously, a lot of our play goes out wide. Um, usually, a lot of it goes to Jack Clark. Um, a lot of our success comes from him getting the ball out wide. And obviously, he's one of these wingers where he doesn't he doesn't tend to like hug the touchline. He likes to get the ball and cut inside and either have a shot or look for kind of one of the runners ahead of him. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be a case of we'll we'll try and get as much of the ball as possible. Um, I know against in our last home game we had Norwich, um, who you know they went one 0 up, but never really looked I never really had any concerns that we weren't going to get all three points because they just didn't look comfortable on the ball whereas you know we had the ball and we were kind of making things happen so I think you know Tony Mowbray said that he's not really going to change the way we play for anyone so on that basis yeah I'm, I'm expecting us to kind of play play our usual style really um I think you can pretty much assume what our kind of forward lineup's going to be um I think it's going to be Jack Clark one side, Patrick Roberts the other, 
um, and then probably roosting down the middle. Um, and then I think we just kind of work from there, really. So, yeah, more the same from our perspective, really, just getting getting lots of the ball and just just trying to kind of break break Birmingham down, really, and just, you know, hopefully we do a better job than what we did at Swansea. <laughs> 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 yeah, because that was a that was a nil nil, wasn't it? Where um, sort of someone's allowed to ten men quite early on, and then Sunderland couldn't really get that breakthrough. So it, um, it was it was a it was a classic case of when it was eleven v eleven, we were all over them, but they went down yeah. to ten. And I mean, fair play to Swansea, they they set up perfectly for a team down to ten men. You know, they just they shut up shop, and they just you know nothing nothing was getting through basically. Um, but then they they also missed a penalty, and our Anthony Patterson saved a penalty, so it could have been a lot worse, but it should have been better. Yeah, <laughs> from our perspective, anyway. <laughs> Isn't that just football, though? Like, oh, like we always it is. That where, um... It is. But, uh, the, the, the benefit of hindsight is brilliant. <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? Especially when you're sort of done with 90 minutes, come out of the game going, oh, yeah, we could have won that, actually. But then you yeah. forget about the sort of chance that the other team has. But um, <laughs> finally, just to round things off, uh, can I grab a score prediction from you? Um, well, we don't tend to keep many clean sheets, um, apart from last week. But, you know, overall, though, we, we do tend to be a bit a bit leaky. But, um but we also we do you know we have scored quite a few goals this season, so I I do fancy us to get three points. I think it'll be close, but um, yeah, I'm going to say two one Sunderland. Mm, a lot of the guys on the podcast said two one to us, so I reckon <laughs> it'll be two one either way. <laughs> we'll see which way it goes. But um, thank you so Lovely. much for your time, Paddy, and thank you for chatting to me and uh, coming on the Blues Focus channel. Is there anything you want to say before we go? No problem. Um, no, just uh, I mean all the best for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, apart from. Saturday and then I think the return games in February. So apart from those two match days, all the best. But uh, yeah, just not this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for your time, Paddy. And, no problem. Uh, it's great to have a chat with you about all things Birmingham and Sunderland. And uh, we'll have more videos coming out throughout the week and next week covering the game. And uh, make sure to like, share, comment, subscribe and keep right on. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go, your mates are already booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.